0: Podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Hell on Hills Podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And welcome to round two of episode 50.
1: Yeah, Bryce sucks. Um, uh, who sucks? Me.
0: <laughs> yes, um, we had a little confusion in our scheduling and somebody didn't look at the calendar. Mm-hmm. Me, Amanda. present. <laughs> and Bryce sucks so much she didn't have a backup set a note for paranormal on her at the time and i did not
1: have any notes for paranormal (laughs) (laughs) i had a very long
2: true crime story though well you're prepared for your next true crime story and my next paranormal which is now you're prepared for both look at that (laughs) basically we got on started
0: recording and all of a sudden you just hear amanda go can we can we pause really quick (laughs)
2: What? What are we <laughs> pausing for, Amanda? What story am I supposed to have today? Paranormal! <laughs> so we had to yeah. consult the all-knowing calendar. And that calendar told us that Bryce was right. And that I screwed up. So here we are for round two. Wednesday
1: night. How you doing?
0: <laughs> Hi. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. That's for It's hump day, thank God
1: hump day oh my god i just remember that what was that a commercial the camel or something
0: yeah something like that
1: i like your halloween deco by the way i didn't mention it last time but it was oh there. my little
0: gnome okay so <laughs> my uh family has this thing with gnomes <laughs> so my mom gets me gnomes for basically everything <laughs> so i bet your dad ago,
2: loves that they've got flamingos and pineapples everywhere <laughs> No, my mom, so when I watched
0: Peanut the last time, I got out of the car, handed Peanut to my parents, and my mother in return handed me him. I like him a
2: lot. Yeah. He's very cute. He is. I like his green and beard. I intentionally put him there so that you could enjoy him. I have no
1: decorations. I have some some cookies oh and i have an emotional support candle there it's not you're gonna
0: say an emotional support child
1: oh there's nothing emotionally supportive (laughs) about her okay it's emotionally chaotic all the time
0: she's the the reason you need the emotional support exactly so listen we were real funny last time when we tried to record this the first time i thought oh it's because we were talking about the phasmophobia phasmophobia
1: Yes. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That was so,
0: really fun. So Amanda and I were like, screw this. We're not recording tonight. And so instead, we still recorded, but we just played Phasmophobia together.
1: And that was a completely different night that I screwed up my note. By the yeah. Way.
0: So that was the night before <laughs> the note screw up. And then it the, was the note screw up. So yeah.
1: so we've been know. really super productive.
0: Super productive. Yeah. But. The uh, game, the game night that we did, that's going to go up on our Patreon for our patrons to go in and hear us bullshitting and me frantically scream every time I saw something even vaguely paranormal.
1: Yes, just be patient with us because (laughs) I have played this game a handful of times. I can count on one hand and I had direction uh, and Bryce has never played and was relying (laughs) on me for direction. So. It was a blast.
0: So, what Amanda's saying is she didn't tell me enough information to prevent me from dying.
1: No, but I did let her know that she was dying as she died.
0: (laughs) Yes, it was (laughs) super helpful. Oh, hey, Bryce, you're dying. Oh, hey, thanks, Amanda. (laughs) You're welcome. I can see that I'm dying. (laughs) So,
1: But the important part was (laughs) we did our ghost hunt. We... Got all the information we needed, and we won. I think I won like fifteen
0: dollars. No, I won fifteen. You won forty. I remember that because I was like, oh. "What the hell? Why'd you win so much more than me?" Uh, probably because you died. <laughs> probably because <I> <laughs> valid. <laughs> uh, but yes, so we had a fun time playing Phasmophobia because you know we're we're wannabe ghost hunters that know that we're too chicken to be actual ghost hunters. Did y'all know that? We're not good ghost hunters.
1: We're not. No.
0: Listen, it kept telling us to split up. And you know what? I don't listen to those those rules.
1: Absolutely not. When we split up, Bryce died. Exactly. Lesson learned.
0: Yes. Don't do that again. Jerk. Oh, it was a lot of fun, though. Um, by the time you guys hear this episode, Amanda has already promised to have that. Yep. Uh, video up on Patreon. Absolutely. So yep. our patrons should have already seen it and be like, okay, this is old news. You guys were stupid,
2: but I screamed way too much. I mean, nailed <laughs> it. Nailed it. So <laughs> but uh that is going
0: to be up on our Patreon. If you guys are not patrons, you can join and donate. Um, I think our lowest minimum is three dollars. That gives you access to all of those videos that we'll do, game nights, any special episodes and early access to all episodes. As the tier levels go up, there's a couple additional things that you'll get with each tier, but that's our Patreon. We do want to just shout out that we also have our Discord up and going. So if you guys want to get on Discord and talk true crime with us, you can do that. Uh, it is posted
2: on our link tree. The invite is, right? Yep.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll yep. put
2: it up. Okay. I think I put it up
0: and then you fixed it later, so. Yes. <laughs> okay. So what I'm saying is Amanda didn't like how I put it up, so she changed it and fixed it. So it's pretty. I mean, yeah. Nope. Not that I, I mean... didn't like it. It was <laughs> gorgeous. <laughs> it was not. I think it said nothing.
1: <laughs> I just added emojis and put it in, like, the correct place, I think.
0: I Look, have What we're top, saying. What we're saying is that I didn't care. tree is Amanda's thing. Oh,
1: I was going to say what we're saying is we do this together.
0: It was a team effort. It's a, yes, exactly. Okay. (laughs) We can call it that. All right. And then we did want to shout out. Do you want to shout out the region, the area today? You can do it. Is it because you don't
2: remember who? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's exactly why. (laughs) Okay. Well, Amanda, even though we talked about it five minutes ago, she's already forgotten. But don't worry, Spain. I recognize you. I remember that you have started listening to us. I see you and I did not forget.
1: And she told me and I forgot, but I'm really excited.
0: Yeah. So we are super grateful, Spain. Thank you for listening to our voices. We really appreciate you.
1: So sorry if we're annoying.
0: I'm not. Well, (laughs) I just embrace it. Might as well.
2: I just ignore it.
0: I embrace it. And I go, yeah, I sure am annoying. That's why you guys listen to me.
2: I mean, you keep coming
0: back. You guys keep coming back. So we really appreciate you guys. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. All right. So this is a pretty big episode for us, too. This is episode 50. It's not a year yet, but it's 50.
1: It's golden.
0: Yes. This was established last time as well that we are on our golden episode.
1: Only this time we're much more prepared for it.
0: I didn't have to Google it this time.
3: Yes.
0: (laughs) So we're really excited that we've made it as far as we have. We're excited that you guys enjoy listening to us for 50 whole episodes. Why? I don't know. We do it because we think we're funny. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's all it comes down to.
1: And it's good to get this stuff off of my chat. I want to talk creepy shit. Okay. I need people to talk about that with. So thank Uh, you for being there for me.
0: Platonic soulmates, right? Yes. Well, are you ready for a super fun story that I already blacked out? Uh, It's going to be a roller coaster for me
2: too. I am ready for your fun ass story. Okay. (laughs) So we are going to be talking about
0: Robert William Fisher today. Do you know who he is?
1: I don't think
0: so. Okay. Okay. So, Robert William Fisher, he was born on April 13th, too close to my birthday for any year, April 13th, 1961, and he was born in Brooklyn, New York. His parents, William Fisher and Jan Howell, had a total of three kids, so Robert and then he had two sisters. It, his parents didn't have really the greatest marriage. Um, it did come to an end in 1976. 1976. So his mother Jan she kind of described herself as this yes sir type of wife like she didn't push back it was just like a yes sir relationship like very one-sided she didn't stand up to his father anything like that and so I mean this is what he grew up with and going on in his adult life and Robert Fisher's adult life he does go on to kind of emulate this this ideal that he saw between his parents. Did she ever
1: get over that? Did it not? Do you know? Did it say? Is that why they divorced?
0: They got a divorce. And from what I could tell, it was from that. um, Hell yeah. Yeah. From what I could tell. There could have been other reasons. It just wasn't necessarily publicized. Yeah.
1: Either way, I'm glad she got away from that.
0: Yes, she did. So with the divorce, the Fisher Fisher children actually go to Arizona and live with their father who has um, full custody of them. And they attend Saharo,
2: Sahuraro, Sahuaro. Is that a compound word? <laughs> no, Sahuaro.
0: I'm going to go with Sahuaro. Okay. High school in uh, mm-hmm. Tuscan, Arizona. And <clears throat> Fisher, growing up, I mean, he told his friends he struggled with the divorce. He was very open about it. He was very not thrilled with it, basically. It was a turbulent divorce, and a lot of people say it had a very long-lasting effect on Robert Fisher. He was very bitter about it. In his adult life, Fisher became a very avid outdoorsman. He would hunt, he would camp, he would fish, just do all the outdoorsy things, right? Okay. And some of his friends noticed, like, with age, he started doing some weird, disturbing behaviors during some of their... Hunting
2: trips or outdoor extravaganzas. Oh, boy. Did he start killing animals? Well, they're hunting. Yeah, but, I mean, you can kill an animal or you can torture an animal.
0: So, on at least one occasion, after killing an elk, Fisher began smearing the blood on his face? Oh, that's normal. That's disgusting. I mean,
1: yes, but... The way I was raised, like, the first time you kill a deer, you smear his blood on your face for good luck. First time you catch, like, a different type of fish, you gotta kiss it. Like, to me, that's that's normal.
0: It's not his first time hunting. Oh, he did it every time? I don't know if it was every time, but this was, like, a habit or something that they saw with age. So, like, he'd been hunting before. He was just smearing Uh, blood on his face. Okay, yeah, I don't know what that's about. Okay, cool. Um, there was another time that he snuck up behind a family that was picnicking. Uh Uh-huh. And emptied his gun into the air nearby the family to
1: scare them. Yeah, he's a dick. That's what that's
0: called. Yes, he is. Uh, I'm not arguing that. Okay. He also once shot a stray pit bull. He claimed that he shot it because it attacked his Labrador. Police. Uh Uh-huh. Saw through that, and they maintained that he orchestrated this whole incident because he simply wanted to shoot the dog. Uh huh. Yeah. So a lot of friends, how they described it, is that Fisher took his love of hunting further than hunting. He didn't enjoy hunting to get, you know, alchemy and things that could provide for his family. It was the thrill of killing that he enjoyed. Oh boy. And so a lot of his friends kind of were like, "Mm, "Not so much." So, a lot of his friends decide, like, we're just going to distance ourselves from this.
1: Smart people.
0: Yep. Yep. So, Fisher, he did enlist in the U.S. Navy in 1979. He was enlisted from 79 to 82. He attempted to become a Navy SEAL, but he either didn't pass the requirements or that just kind of fell through. Uh, Again, not clear on that one. So, he did not get that training, but it was still a desire of his. After his time in the Navy, he would serve as a firefighter in California. Okay. So in the early 80s, he was forced into retirement from the firefighter, fi- fire station, fire career. Fire people. Yes. He's no longer a fireman because he's forced into retirement due to a severe back injury that happened around 1987. Um, in 1987, he also married Mary Cooper. They would go on to have two kids, Brittany born in 1988 and Bobby born in 1991. <laughs> when he was forced into retirement, he would move his family out to Scottsdale, Arizona. So moving from California back to Arizona. Okay. He, at some point, he was working as a weed sprayer in the 18, 1880s, 1980s. <laughs> Man, I really don't know what's happening today. So he, <clears throat> let me just compose my brain. Okay. He learned how
1: to time travel when he moved back to Arizona. Yeah.
0: So okay. that's actually why he moved back is he was learning how to time travel.
1: Uh, Uh, that's a job that I would
0: relocate for. Yeah, I would too. (laughs) So he worked as a weed sprayer in the late 80s. His employer at the time stated that he was really quiet. He knew he suffered from severe back pain. But overall, he was a really great employee, like no complaints, nothing. And also when he moved to the Arizona area, he started his career in the medical field as well. And he would go on to become a surgical catheter tech and a respiratory therapist.
1: That is the last person I would want to put a catheter inside me.
0: I uh, wholeheartedly agree. So, his home life with his wife and kids was less than perfect. He was described as being cruel, distant, controlling, and sometimes kind of violent towards his family. He was considered to be pretty awkward with his kids, but overall he was very loving from what I could find. Now, him and his wife Mary, they did fight about sex and money regularly. Just not seeing eye to eye. It it was a very difficult family life. <clears throat> Fisher's mother, Jan Howell, stated that she actually saw many of the same dynamics between Fisher and Mary that she had seen in her own marriage to Fisher's father. So this is where that kind of comes back to people are seeing him emulating his early childhood life. I
1: bet, like, she feels horrible about that.
0: Well, she even went as far as to talk to Mary about it. Oh, wow. Just kind of talk to Mary openly, say, these are concerns, everything okay. And from what I could see, Mary was, for the most part, fine. Um, I mean, she didn't immediately leave. There was a story about, now, it, it didn't give me clarity, but it did talk about how some of the violence that they could have seen in the home was that, um, there was one instance where Fisher turned a hose on Mary because he perceived her to have spoken out of turn. Now, if that means that he was trying to strangle her or just spraying her with water, I think those are mm-hmm. two very different things. Because in my mind, if he's just spraying her with water, whatever, it's just water.
1: Yeah, that um, could almost be like a joke.
0: I, it couldn't get clarity on what that really meant. If yeah if it was more aggressive. But point is, is that that was kind of a tipping point or kind of a little red flag for some people. He was also said to have been openly embarrassed about his son, Bobby, for him not liking hunting or fishing. Like, it's not like overall, he's like embarrassed that you're my son. He's just more embarrassed that his son doesn't like hunting and fishing.
1: I don't see how that's something to be embarrassed about.
0: Because he's an avid outdoorsman. He's like, I gotta teach you young. So, take your daughter.
1: Does she want to go? Or, oh, is this a man's thing?
0: Man's, I don't I have He
1: no seems idea. like that kind of person.
0: Yeah, he does.
1: Plus, to be fair, this is the 80s, and this was more prevalent then, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, according to one of his hunting partners, Sandy Gillespie, Fisher had once tried to teach his children how to swim by throwing them off of a boat. And I know okay. that's how people do it. But normally that's into a swimming pool, not into open water.
2: Uh, yeah, that, that sounds like childhood trauma. Okay. Well, uh, Sandy is quoted saying they were crying and
0: Brittany was screaming and he pulled them back in the boat and he said, now there, how's that?
1: Wonderful. Thanks.
0: Thanks. Thank you for letting me back on the boat after you threw me off.
1: Appreciate
0: it. Dad. Again, I, get, I get that it might have been more normal. Unless, um,
1: I mean, I can't swim and my parents never did that to me. And my dad is, you know, hunting, fishing, redneck man.
0: I don't think it's normal. If, if it's me, the only reason I am saying that some people might perceive it as normal is because my husband made mention of what well, was the 80s. Wasn't that normal? And I was like, I don't freaking, it wouldn't have been the 80s. It would have been 90s. I should correct that.
3: It would have Even been if like
0: it... early, late 90s. And I still feel like probably not.
2: Even if it were normal for some people or I'll say
1: socially acceptable, even if Mm -hmm. doing stuff like that was socially acceptable, uh, this guy just has the makings of a murderer or a serial killer. I mean, he's got the back pain. He's got the, the warped mindset of women. He's got, what, medical training. Like, this is just not... He's ex-military. This is just not forming into a responsible person in my mind.
0: you keep that in your mind um, <laughs> so other just simple things where he would, like I said, he's very controlling. He would not allow the walls of the house to be painted any color other than white.
1: You can just go check yourself into a mental <laughs> facility if that's where you want to be, bro, right? <laughs> also, my child slings food. Uh, uh Uh-uh. No. I don't want... uh, That's a lot. I do want white walls, but not right now.
0: Well, he didn't want anything other than white, so he couldn't have painted his child Brittany's room pink because it wasn't white.
1: It's not your room. Get over yourself.
0: I don't don't like him. Okay. He also only allowed a small number of pictures or decorations to be hung on the walls.
1: What is your fixation?
0: Mary's mother would also make them these beautiful quilts, and Mary was forced to keep all these beautiful quilts in storage because he wouldn't allow her to display them.
2: I wish. Uh, Like, I have, when my mom died, um, one of her students that she taught, because she
1: was a teacher, one of her students' dads, I believe, I hope I didn't mess that up, painted a picture of all of us on the beach. That's hanging in the bedroom. And then my aunt made a quilt. With all of these photos of my mom, of me and my mom, uh, you know, all this stuff. I, James has never once been dumb enough to tell me <laughs> I have to keep those things in storage. And this is why I married him.
0: I mean, I would be like, you think you're going to tell me what to do? Probably not, sir. But
1: yeah. Like, okay, yeah, you're right. You are absolutely right. You go to work and come home and look at all this shit on my lime green walls, sir.
0: Yeah, even a little bit worse. Uh, After some time of the quilts being in storage, Fisher would often ask Mary, isn't it time to get rid of this stuff?
1: Get rid of your husband. Get rid of what's his name? Dick Willie Fisher. (laughs) Get rid of him. Get him gone. (laughs) Throw him back. Fisher. Yes. That's the name, right? Robert, Robert William? William
3: Fisher,
0: yeah. Yeah. Not that one.
1: <laughs> Throw him back. He's not a
0: keeper. Mary's friend, Kimberly Sue Davidson, stated, quote, several times her mother had made special things like quilts. She, Mary, was not allowed to hang them up. She had to store them in a the closet. And then he would continually tell her, isn't it time you got rid of this stuff? So no. she's the one that's giving that information.
1: No, sorry. It's not.
0: Ginny yeah. Cooper, Mary's mother, she stated that Robert Fisher didn't really socialize with their family very often, and she was under the impression that he had a fear of getting too close to people and then losing them. Uh, I can uh, kind of see it in a sense with the divorce. like he, Yeah, because
1: of his mom. Mm-hmm. I can kind of see that, but also I think he's just an asshole.
0: I mean, I'm not arguing with you. Um Oh, God, maybe we shouldn't say that type of shit. It's fine. You'll figure out why. (laughs) So, again, a lot of people believe that, like, some of these are just signs that are trauma from his parents getting divorced. Now, regardless of his behaviors, for the most part, people said that they don't think he was truly violent. They thought he more had, like, a king of the castle type complex, where it's like, this is my house, my rules, my land, I'm ruler. So, that's at least what they portrayed. And for most of uh, the marriage, what's his face, Dick Willie Fisher, he was an active participant in the Scottsdale Baptist Church men's ministry. And Mary was also very active in the church as well. Now, Fisher, he was really holding on to this image of him being this great family man with a perfect family. But Mary would go on to take a job and tell her friends that it was a security fund. So she gets a job and tells her friends this is for security. But also, I feel like, decorate your house and tell him to suck it up.
1: Yeah. Also, if any of my friends ever tell me, oh, I'm getting this job for security. Are you okay? Right. Do I need to, like, text you every now and then and call the cops if you don't text back? Just let me know.
0: Right. Well, one neighbor, Wade Scock. I don't know. Uh, Wade, he stated that the image of a Fisher, um, or I'm oh, sorry, the image that Fisher projected was certainly what? Oh my God, I'm just skipping over words. So one neighbor, Wade, Ren, Rencock, sock. Okay, Cock he's sock. got letter. I sorry. don't know. <laughs> sorry. Thank you. Uh, I don't know how to say it because there's a C where I feel like there should not be a C.
1: So his neighbor,
0: Wade. His neighbor, Wade, stated that regardless of the image that Fisher projected, they most certainly did not have a happy marriage. He is quoted saying they scream constantly. Everybody heard it. You could hear it in the house next door and you never really heard him scream, which is kind of weird. I mean, he had a way about him, but you never heard him scream. You always heard his wife screaming things like, you're w- worthless. I could have done better than you. We should get a divorce.
1: Not hearing both of them scream. I know that looks bad on him. But also, I feel like he's doing that maliciously. Like, that's purposeful.
0: What do you mean looks bad on him? It looks... i sorry, you mean it looks Mary? bad on her. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's doing that on purpose.
0: Yeah. Well, due to marital problems, in 1998, the Fishers would start seeing their senior pastor for couples counseling. And a lot of reports stated that Fisher had spoken of committing suicide during this time, and it was due to the state of his marriage. Like, he was very dependent on being married married and having that family image. But the thought of it, him losing it was giving him suicidal thoughts. And this isn't necessarily just something he's saying to his wife. He's telling other people this as well. I'm on the fence about this because of what comes like yes, if you're having suicidal thoughts, talk to someone. But I feel like the way he's using them is a manipulative way. Yeah. And that's that's where I'm struggling.
1: And um, that people like that always ruin it for the people that actually need help too.
0: Right. The right. the
1: cry wolf people. Right. Or I guess that's not even a cry wolf. That's just being manipulated. Kind of.
0: Like, I feel like it's still kind of a cry wolf. Anyways. So he would go on to tell one of his coworkers about a one-night stand he had with a sex worker he met in a massage parlor. He was worried that Mary would find out about this encounter. And it, I'm sorry, he was worried that Mary would find out that this encounter was the cause of a UTI that left him ill for several days in December of 2000.
1: But I don't think that's a UTI, bro.
0: It might have been. I mean, he. it didn't say it was anything else. It was just every report just said it was a UTI. Cleared up. That's a
2: serious
1: UTI then. Uh, great. Right? I assumed like he was saying it was that, but not reality, taking hella antibiotics for something else.
0: Yeah. From what I could find, that's what it was. Damn. I didn't okay. think that UTIs could be transmitted like that. I think they
1: can. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I'm not a doctor.
1: Uh, I uh, definitely not. <laughs> I have a doctorate of nothing.
0: <laughs> we have a doctorate of bullshit.
1: Yes. Now that <laughs> and sarcasm. I got you there. Yeah,
0: we got you there. So <clears throat> there is also another belief that he was having an affair with a coworker at the clinic he worked at. But this was never substantiated no one ever came forward and said they were seeing him this very well could have been a rumor it could be true no one really knows on that one so the thought is is that he was potentially unfaithful as well and he would go on to tell one friend that he'd be renewing his commitment to his faith in marriage because he simply could not live without his family so i mean all right fine if she's willing to move past it fine in late 2000, early 2001, though, he still continues to withdraw from the church and he, or not continues, he begins to withdraw from the church. So they, he, they've they been perfectly active up until here, up until this point, and he begins to pull away. He even confided in a co-worker around the same time that had his mother not left, his life would be entirely different.
1: I mean, yes, but if
2: his dad was the way it was, I assume he would be worse. I would think so, but I don't...
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. Well, around
0: or after this time, probably early 2001, Mary starts telling her friends that she is planning to leave Fisher. On April 9th, 2001, Fisher leaves work at the Scotts or leaves work from the Scottsdale Mayo Clinic where he worked. He picked up his daughter and took her to the National Junior Honor Society induction ceremony.
1: Oh, smart
0: girl. Okay. She was to be honored for her outstanding academic achievements. Get it, hon? Fisher, however, grew impatient and Robert and Brittany left before she, her award could be presented to her.
2: Okay, look. That's, I feel, oh my God. I don't even know what to say right now. I'm so upset with him. Like, get over yourself
1: and just be happy Let for her your child. her her shit. She worked hard for that.
0: Right. Now, while Fisher was doing this, Mary took their son, Bobby, to a gun safety class. So, you know, divide and conquer. They all arrive home safe and sound. And at around 10 p.m., a neighbor hears a loud argument between Mary and Robert. Since this is fairly normal, they didn't really think anything of it. At 10.43 p.m., Fisher is seen on an ATM camera. He had withdrawn $280. And on the footage, you could see Mary, Mary's Toyota 4Runner in the background. a weird I, amount, but okay. I thought that too. Everyone thinks that's a weird amount. Okay, but yeah. we'll talk about it. Uh, <clears throat> at 8.42 a.m. on April 10th, so the following morning, 2001, the Fisher's home in Scottsdale, Arizona explodes. It, it was explodes? A strong, it was a strong enough explosion to cause the front brick wall to collapse. And the frames of neighboring homes for one an, or for half a mile away in all directions to rattle.
2: Oh my god!
0: There is a documentary, and they actually have all the different audio or the nine one one calls from all the different neighbors making the phone call in. And they they literally the operators were like, "Are you calling about a fire?" Yes, we know. They are on their way. That's like terrifying. Yes, it was that aggressive. <clears throat> So, local firefighters are alerted to the explosion they had down there before they could arrive. I just want to throw this out because the neighbors are great at this point. Before firefighters arrived, neighbors actually used their own garden hoses to try and keep the flames under control. That's a community. Yes. So, I just want to shout them out because doing that, brave. Hell yeah.
1: Brave and honestly, probably dangerous.
0: Right. Um, firefighters kept the 20 foot tall blaze from spreading to other houses so no one else's house was damaged from wh- what I could find. Now, they were kept at bay a little bit cuz there was a series of smaller secondary explosions. They thought this could be either rifle ammunition or just paint cans exploding from the pressure around them. So they Wait, they counts. had yeah, do they? If they're if they're that- sealed and then heated, gas is released. I did not
2: even
1: think of that.
2: I'm going to you're I'm
1: not gonna, gonna explode a paint
2: can. Not that's on purpose. I was just gonna, say I'm
1: gonna say move. to
0: store it in a cool place.
1: Oh. I do not have them in a cool place. Oh, I have okay. them in a shed out back that's not air conditioned
2: or uh, what's the 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 pink stuff that gets every insulated? Insulated. Okay. Um so
0: authorities are kept at a distance because of these secondary explosions. At least one firefighter suffered minor injuries to his leg because he lost his balance and fell near a
2: blaze. A blaze? Like a flame? Uh, Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you didn't say blade. Blaze.
0: Authorities discovered that the gas line from the back of the house's furnace had been pulled. Um, The accumulating gas was later ignited by a candle that had been left, uh, had been lit and left. And it acted as like a delay fuse for the explosion.
3: There, so this was...
2: Also, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, definitely malicious.
0: There was also a trail of fire accelerant in their hallway.
2: Are you trying to cover your tracks or just... Um, oh after God. the
0: blaze ends, they find three bodies in their beds. And those are the bodies of Mary, 38, Brittany, 12, and Bobby, 10.
2: And Robert Fisher and the family dog, they were nowhere to be found. That's the end of the story. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I about to say, don't.
0: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So now what I want is we're going to put our detective caps on. Get our badges out. Okay. What do we know?
1: Uh, that this guy has a serious mental history. He likes um, hunting in the woods. Um, he's got a dog. He's probably unhinged. And his life has falling apart around him.
0: We also know that there was a fight around 10 p.m., right? Yes. We know he was seen on camera about 45 minutes later. With, with Mary's.
1: $280 call. and... Yeah, the car. Again,
0: a lot of people were like, why $280 is such a weird amount? He had more in the banks. He had more assets than that. Did she?
1: I mean, I would assume she did if this was a security blanket or whatever, if it was for security.
2: I'm assuming she did. But,
0: I mean, he only drew the $280. A lot of people think that for their bank or that ATM, the max he could pull was $280.
1: I guess that could be in the 90s. That could be it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. We know that less than 10 hours later, there's an explosion. And it doesn't appear to be an accident. And there is no Robert Fisher around.
2: Is this unsolved? Son of a bitch. (laughs)
0: Um, Police find evidence that Mary had been shot in the back of the head and the (gasps) children's throats had been slit. What the? what, What did they do? One thing that investigators stated is as soon as they saw all of the bodies, they knew there was a malicious intent or foul play. And they said, no one in any, there's no way that none of them, if there was this explosion that we weren't expecting followed by this blaze, they they wouldn't have been in bed necessarily. There was no struggle to move. They were. It looked as if they were very peaceful. Now, my only flip side of this is if they were inhaling toxic gases in their sleep, I would think that they would look like that. Like not trying to escape because they could have died from inhaling carbon, carbon monoxide. Yeah, carbon yeah. monoxide before um before they actually died or you know, before the explosion. But it does feel very planned. Police are able to go on to confirm that a number of Fisher's items are missing, including clothing and his 38 caliber revolver. So now where are we? So, what are your theories right now of what happened?
2: Of what happened? I think she told him that she wanted to leave. And he got pissed off. The whole thing was kind of weird
1: to me from the beginning, though. Because, like, if he's, like, this outdoorsy, macho dad man, it felt backwards to me that he would take the daughter to her award ceremony and the mom took the son to the gun safety class unless the dad was like I don't you don't need that class I can
2: teach you gun safety right here um, I don't really think that's what it was um from what I could tell he he took his
0: kids education very seriously like he wanted them to get their education and he wanted them to excel and achieve great things um so I don't know if that's what it was whereas gun safety that doesn't necessarily mean hunting.
1: No, but, like, I've never taken a, a gun safety class. My dad taught me all that, which is the only reason it no. seemed weird to me that, you know, my mom didn't teach us about it. Um, yeah. That was just a weird, a weird thing that was like, huh? In my head, but.
0: One more thing with that is one article said it was actually a church activity. And he had been pulling away from the church.
1: The gun safety class?
0: Yeah. That was only one article, one article out of tons that I read that stated that. So I don't know how accurate that is.
2: This but is in New York? Or no, they're in Arizona now. Arizona, right? yeah. Okay.
1: I don't I don't know. That could be
2: I don't know. Could I be a
1: thing. Okay. I wouldn't put it against churches, you know, maybe yeah. I don't know. I'm from the South, okay? I do not put it against churches to have gun safety classes. Right. Um But it does seem if he told a coworker that he wouldn't be the way he is if his mom didn't leave. And it's possible that his wife told him that she wanted a divorce this night. All of this is really falling into place as a really tragic thing. And I feel like he's just living off the grid
2: or as somebody else right now. Well, police believe that sometime between 9.30 and 10 p.m. on April ninth.
0: Fisher would shoot Mary and slip both of the kid's throats. Their motive, pretty similar to yours. They thought maybe she had threatened to leave. Something happened. He finally snapped. After he had done this, he would pull the gas line from the back of the house, the furnace, so that the the gas would start to build up. He would light a candle and that would be used as the uh, what they called like, a quick delay fuse. Um, that's, that sounds so stupid. A quickly made delay fuse, not a quick delay fuse.
2: Um, and I just agreed with you. I was like, yep, that sounds right. Uh-huh. Um, he then would have about
0: 10 hours before the candle burned down low enough to create a spark to ignite the gas. Um, and that would have given him about a 10-hour head start. And they also believe it might have been to potentially conceal evidence that he left behind,
2: thinking he could just burn everything. He then took Mary's forerunner, went to the ATM, and that's
0: the last footage of him. So they've never um, found,
1: like, the forerunner or anything?
0: Well, they do. I just said that's the last footage of them. Okay. Of him. Um, I'm getting ahead
1: of you. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: It's, I'm sorry. It doesn't help that Maisie's sitting here screaming at me, too.
1: Well, she's hungry.
0: She's can figure out her own shit. She's not going to eat my <laughs> pizza. So... They the police do say it's possible that instead of him um him killing Mary and the kids before he goes to the ATM, it's possible that he went to the ATM and then returned and killed them then. The reason they just don't think that's likely is again the odd amount of money that he took and the fact that he did have Mary's forerunner with him and that you could see in the like
2: in the footage. So, police are like, well, it's more likely that he killed them when they get to the ATM. But why
0: would he do this? So, again, they believe that Mary let her intention uh, slip that she was planning on leaving. um, And he would just rather die than get divorced. And he didn't want his kids to relive his childhood trauma. According to a lot of psychologists, an intense fear of loss is not unusual among individuals who are traumatized by a divorce in adolescence. And so, that's kind of where they're like, this is where his head's at. He's going back to, like, that traumatizing experience, and now he's projecting it onto his children. On April 14th, 2001, police named Robert Fisher as an official person of interest. He was also the only and has been the only person of interest ever. Police, Arizona police were instructed in a statewide bulletin to arrest Robert on site. And again, after the ATM footage, there's no no idea about his whereabouts until April 20th, 2001. Mary's forerunner is found in the Tonto National Forest near the towns of Payson and Young. And this is about 100 miles north of Scottsdale. There was an additional report that night that on the night of the murders, a tow truck driver had helped pull Fisher out of a ditch. But no one could substantiate that claim. So this is just some guy saying, oh, yeah, I actually helped him pull the forerunner out of a ditch somewhere between here. Okay. So again, but no one's seen him. Nothing like that. Um, The family's dog was found family, family's dog blue. He was hiding under the car and he was hungry and agitated.
1: Agitated.
0: He was not tied up. Well, I mean, if you're, he's hangry. If you're oh, so hungry, okay. you need food. You get a little agitated too. Don't chew on that. I didn't know. Um, like,
1: I automatically thought, like, what do you protect?
0: No, he's just hiding. He's hangry. Um,
2: his dog's not tied up. He's just like under the car. So Blue's free roam and doing whatever he wants. But Fisher is still
0: nowhere to be found. So the Oakland Raiders hat that Fisher was seen wearing on the ATM footage was found in the vehicle and a pile of human excrement was found near the passenger door
2: okay at passenger door uh-huh huh. okay a lot of people say that this is his way of like shitting
0: on his past life okay i feel like we're reaching there <laughs> i know
1: I feel like he's (laughs) on the run and had to go and you can't really I mean, if you just murdered your whole family, you can't really stop at our loves and use the bathroom.
0: That's what I thought. But there are a lot of people that think that's what it was about. It was very intentional. I can see it because he does feel like everything he does feels very intentional.
3: Um, That's
2: a fair
0: estimate, actually. Yes. Police searched the immediate surrounding areas of the car as well as a nearby cave. Now slight issue is first of all, they only searched one out of dozens of nearby caves. They just didn't have the knowledge of the caves to actually thoroughly search them. And another person called out like, these are, this is a SWAT team that's going out and searching. This is like someone that's trained in survival techniques. These are, this is the SWAT team. They're used to, like urban areas what they don't know what they're doing compared to someone that is a survival expert or a group of people that live out there or whatever like know how to search so some people very much criticize the way that things were searched the police are like no we we searched so there's that conflict there
1: that is a good point like who do you call when someone goes missing in the woods like i assume
0: ghostbusters f-
1: wildlife oh <laughs>
0: no um <laughs> Search I meant refugee. fish and
1: wildlife, by the way. Like, fish and wildlife or something. I didn't I didn't mean, like, call upon the squirrels. Like, <laughs> Snow
2: White. Oh, dear friends. Like, no.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that Snow White one got me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: again, I'm just assuming they, like, a search and rescue team.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But the SWAT team did. And a lot of people say in the police's defense, there are dozens of caves. Yeah, they only search one, but there's dozens. And a lot of them have these very intricate or very complex underground networks that can lead miles and miles and miles in. And no one knows how long the
2: car has been there. No one knows if he's even in that area. Okay. Um... So, they were able to
0: follow some pr- footprints that la- led on to the Fort Apache Indian Reservation, which was less than a mile away. But they never searched the reservation and they just said, we didn't uncover any sign that this had anything to do with Fisher. So, kind of hit and miss. Like, again, I kind of feel like the police are out of their element at this point.
1: Well, also out of their jurisdiction. Like, I don't think they can search without permission on a right. uh, Native American Reservation. hmm
0: I don't think so either.
1: Now, but. they could have reached out and been like, hey, can y'all look? But then they can always just be like, no, nah, this is your problem, dude. We
0: don't mm-hmm. want to get involved. Right. So, it's not clear if that's what happened or not. I had a lot of things on this where I was like, I have no freaking clue. And none of these articles tell me why. So. Um, and also... After the vehicle was discovered, a couple comes forward and they claim to have seen a man resembling Fisher walking along the road where the forerunner was found. That's great, right? Yeah, that
1: would have been good to know.
0: Yeah, the issue is uh, they claim to have seen this a couple days prior to the police discovering the car. But they did not report it until the car was discovered.
1: Well, I mean, at that time, it wasn't weird. I would assume like um, they don't know to be on the lookout for this man that potentially murdered his whole family.
0: No, they do. Cause oh. the bulletin was already released on April 14th.
1: Well, what the hell are y'all waiting on?
0: Well, let's make this even better. The woman claims that she turned to her husband. And when she saw this man, she remembers telling her husband that looks like Robert Fisher.
2: <laughs> how cute. What? <laughs> still didn't do anything. It just looks like Robert Fisher. Call somebody. Hey. By the way, this looks like like I know, I know, I know.
1: I I stop myself because I am kind of torn because I'm not good at looking at people and being like, "Hey, that's so and so." Or like, "Hey, that could be this guy." So I'm torn on whether or not I would, and it's also very true, or it could be that you know they're going down the road, and her husband's like, "No, you're that looks nothing like him. Like you don't know what you're talking about. You were half asleep when the news came on. Like hush, Mary. Like, but I
0: don't feel like at a certain point it'd be like, you know what? I'd rather call and just kind of report it. Yeah, they are. There is a manhunt going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like this I man just, mean- just killed his wife and children.
1: Yeah." I just mean, like, it It feels like something, not to say James doesn't believe me, but it feels like something that a husband would do. Like, no, that's, you know, like, maybe he unintentionally gaslit her. And then yeah. when she heard about the truck or whatever being found, she was like, oh,
2: my God, that could have been him. Look at what you did, Jerry. God damn it, Jerry. And is Mary the wife? Okay, then I want to,
1: earlier, I wasn't talking about her. When I said Mary, I just threw a name out there and I guess hers was still in my head.
0: Okay. Um, I figured. But the area that the vehicle was found in was a familiar area to Fisher. According to family friend Lori Greenbeck, her husband and Fisher had gone camping in that area not long before the murders. Lori believed that Fisher may have used this camping or hunting trip
2: to scout out the area so that he could disappear. And after the discovery of the car, all
0: physical evidence of Fisher's whereabouts end. There's nothing. He never went back to the banks. He never tried to liquidate his assets. He never tried to get more money from their shared accounts. Nothing.
1: If they went, if he with her husband went there before, it's possible he could have just packed a bag there and buried it like a go bag. And buried it and went back and got it and just disappeared.
0: Right. <laughs> Many professional spelunkers, cavers, yeah. cave cave, explorers, have since visited the caves and they have found no signs of Fisher. They don't see anything in there. Uh, they also said there's no signs of someone living in the woods. There's just no trace of Robert Fisher. On July 19th, 2001, a state arrest warrant was issued in Phoenix. And this charges Fisher with three counts of first degree murder and one count of arson. He was also declared a fugitive at the federal level and an arrest warrant was issued for for him by the U.S. District Court for Arizona. And this one charged him with the unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. In August of 2001, Scottsdale police believed that a caller that called into America's Most Wanted was in fact Fisher. The call was made from Chester, Virginia, but they didn't elaborate on why they thought it was him. They just said, we believe that he did make that call.
1: Tell me why. I want to know why. What did he say?
0: I don't know. I actually was going to go through and find the um, episode. I just didn't know which one it was. On June 29th, 2002, over a year later... Robert Fisher is named by the FBI as the 475th person to be placed on its top 10 most wanted list. Oh, my. It's not a whole lot of criteria.
2: The two pieces
0: of criteria is that the suspect must be considered dangerous and the FBI must believe that nationwide publicity would help find the suspect. That's that's the criteria. The FBI goes on to end up offering a reward of $100,000 for information leading to Fisher's capture. He was featured on America's Most Wanted Dirty Dozen, which was a list of notorious fugitives. He was profiled on The Hunt with John Walsh. In April 2003, uh, the FBI had just hundreds of leads, but most of them were inconclusive or just false. In February 2004, Canadian police arrest who they believe to be Robert Fisher. He bore a very striking resemblance to Fisher in just about every way. He had a missing tooth where Fisher had a gold bicuspid. He had a surgical scar on his back, similar to Fisher's. But the fingerprints did not match. Many people are like, well, he just changed his, he altered them. He changed his fingerprints. Um,
1: I don't know if there's a way to do, I think you can remove them or have them. At the, why would you do that? I think that's the only options you have as far as fingerprints go.
0: I, I have no clue, but a lot of people say that he changed them and police are like, well, there's mm-hmm. no evidence of like surgical scarring around his fingerprints to show that. Um, one man who was familiar, it was a neighbor of Robert Fisher's claimed to have actually gone to the Canadian police. Dressed up, posed as another inmate and with the help of the Canadian police, obviously, entered the cell that Robert Fisher was in. And he claims that Fisher recognized him. And so he's convinced like this is the man. This is Fisher. Did he
1: elaborate on like how he recognized? Was he like, hey, man, what are you doing in Canada? Or
0: he he talked about the look on his face. Like, you know, when you do like a double take. He said he definitely did like a double take and you could tell that he had that look of confusion on his face. Mm -hmm. But from what I could find, there was no conversation, nothing. It was just a, oh, he recognized me moment.
1: Which, I mean, okay, I guess he would be acting if he's trying not to get found out.
0: Right, right. And
2: could have caught him off guard. I don't know. Yeah. But. Good idea, though. Sneaky. I like it. Very sneaky. Um, fingerprints didn't match though. And police are like, yeah, but
0: there's no surgical scarring. I doubt he changed it. That seems very far-fetched for 2004 technology. Canadian police held him in their custody for about a week. He was released when a relative correctly identified this man as not being Robert Fisher. And his identity was never released.
1: Probably for the best. hmm
0: A lot of people say it was Robert that the Canadian police had they are very adamant and then the those of us that are like but fingerprints didn't match and other family members are whether it's family or like I mean I guess you can make the argument that it's a friend helping Fisher out but family identified him as not being Fisher
2: yeah
0: I guess I feel like if there was enough of a pressing reason to believe that he truly was Robert Fisher police would have held him
1: yeah so. I agree with that
0: in 2012, FBI alert uh, local authorities that Fisher might be living in the Payson, Arizona area. Nothing's ever found with this lead. In October 2014, police raid a home in Commerce City, Colorado. They had received a tip that Fisher was hiding out in that home. They do arrest the two occupants of the home, but they find no evidence of Fisher living there.
2: They just pissed somebody off, that's what it oh, was. No, yeah
0: oh yeah. hell
2: yeah somebody was somebody was sitting there it's, like uh,
1: uh you should have gave me that cup of sugar janice
0: where's my pudding cup janice
3: Don't steal you my took shit. it i
1: know you <laughs> did that's what you get for stealing my newspaper i bet
2: you won't do it again colorado times <laughs> well nothing comes of it it's like a print call they're like hey
0: you got a robert fisher at this address <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's cold calling.
1: <laughs> um, Do you have any dickfish there, ma'am?
0: <laughs> uh, dick Woodley fish, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there is no evidence he was living there. In 2016, FBI officials and Scottsdale, Pol- Scottsdale police released a new age-enhanced age- photo of Fisher. They actually did this on or around the 15th anniversary of the victim's death. And still, nothing comes of this. On November third, two thousand and one, f- Fisher is officially removed from the FBI top ten most wanted list. He remains a fugitive and on their overall wanted list, but he's no longer top ten. They just needed space. He was replaced by Yulon Adone Arch Carraris,
2: the alleged yeah, leader of MS thirteen. Oh. Okay, I f- I feel like that's a good reason. Yeah,
0: I think that's fair. In a statement by the FBI, they said, "quote Because this extensive publicity Fisher's case received during uh oh sorry because the extensive publicity Fisher's case received during its nearly twenty years on the list has not resulted in its his successful location and or capture, the case is no longer no longer fulfills that requirement." So I get it. They're saying publicity could help us, but it's been 20 years. We don't fully know what he looks like. It's not like we've got a recent picture and can be like, oh, yeah, this is Robert Pitt. They have age-enhanced technology, which is not 100% guaranteed. So many experts suggest that Fisher used the cave system in 2001, and he did one of three things. He hid out before making his escape. He killed himself. Or he even unintentionally died from low oxygen levels in the caves. People believe that he really probably did just commit suicide or die in the wilderness where the forerunner was found, and we just haven't found his remains yet. His remains yet. Others believe that Fisher may very well still be alive and living out in the wilderness where it was found. So there, instead of him being dead, he's living out there. Now, police and survival experts are kind of skeptical of this. Yeah, he had some survival skills, but he wasn't an expert. He wasn't, like, trained any special way. Like, yeah, he could probably survive for a minute, but not long term. I don't Uh, see
1: him just walking away from this situation. Meaning that literally, because why is the dog still at the truck? I feel like right. that dog would have followed him. Especially if it was loyal
2: enough to stay near this truck while it was starving. hmm Also, it was Mary's truck, right. though. Whose dog? Uh, family dog? So, still, it knows. Like, know. at the
1: very least, I came here with him.
0: Right. And it wasn't tied up. It was free roaming.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like if it would have walked away, it would have
2: it would have at least followed him Mm -hmm. or left. some people say uh he still could have walked away
0: while the dog was distracted there's no like perfect dog where they never get distracted or never chase a squirrel they're not you know they're not awake all the time he very well could have walked away when the dog was asleep or distracted and so that's kind of one theory that people come back to is yeah, I agree that if he had likely walked away, the dog would follow him. But the dog would have to have full attention on him to do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so experts that say that this area is just very harsh, very hard to live in. He would have a lot of difficulty finding food and sufficient shelter to be able to remain undetected for 20 plus years. Or for 10 plus years. 20 years now. And also to date, there's not been any evidence that someone is living in the wilderness in that area. They would have found something, but there's nothing to suggest that there is someone living out there. No more duty? No more duty. No more
2: duty.
0: (laughs) Some believe that he laid low long enough that he was able to assume a new identity. They believe that he might have hitchhiked out of the area. And concerns with this theory that he's living out a new life in a new area. Is or with a new family is that if he has passed away since he's passed away and been buried or cremated under that assumed name and there's no way that we would ever know if that was him.
1: I didn't even think of that that's a really good point Mm -hmm. Um,
0: they also think he might be alive and working in a small town working as a handyman for cash or just living in a big city and just kind of able to blend in
1: I mean he does look like, there's, yes, he's got the gold tooth. Yes, he's got the scar. But, like, looking at him,
2: there's really. Nothing distinguishing him from Yeah, else. no, he's just a dude. hmm Yeah, so. Police think that he may be just blending in. Most people, like you said, they agree that he probably didn't walk away. If he had, the dog would have likely followed him, blah, blah, blah.
0: Some people theorize that Fisher fled south and crossed the border. Uh, to Mexico. Now keep in mind this would have been before 2011 so security around that time was uh, a lot more relaxed. And the reason that they have this is because or they have this theory is because there was a hostile encounter in Guatemala in 2009 and this happened between Torres and a man that again resembled Fisher but there's nothing that the Arizona police can do for that one. Um In 2011, a documentary called Where's Robert Fisher was released. It features his friends, family, and they talk about uh, Robert Fisher. And still to this date, there are no signs of Robert Fisher. Um, One thing that you mentioned that I didn't put in my notes for some reason is that you felt like he wasn't someone that was going to walk away. But when you said that, my mind went to he feels like someone who likes to keep trophies in a sense, and I feel like he wouldn't want to leave he wouldn't want to leave the area of where his family was murdered because that would be sentimental almost to him, like in a disgusting, twisted way.
1: Yeah, like in his warped mind. mm -hmm. Uh,
0: With that being said, there are some neighbors from that area said that the years following the incident, a lot of people thought they saw someone that resembled Fisher driving around that neighborhood.
2: And that's interesting. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, Police fear that Fisher may have started a new family and that history may repeat itself. So that is the biggest pressing reason for continuing the search for Robert Fisher. It is not considered a cold case. It is actively worked. They intake hundreds of calls a year uh, for tips. A lot of police concede that they might not ever find Fisher. They know that they might not ever find him. But again, they don't want history to repeat itself. When Robert decides that he's done with his new family. FBI agent Bob Caldwell's sense of his personality and habits are that he is arrogant, cocky. He's a know-it-all, but he's also a loner. He's been known to chew tobacco and favors the Copenhagen brand.
3: His look
0: has been described as average. He will sometimes walk, walk with an odd erect manner with his chest out due to his back injury. He's an avid hunter and fisherman, outdoorsman. He is considered armed and extremely dangerous. He has ties to Florida and New Mexico. He would be in his 60s at this point. So for anyone that has any information regarding Robert Fisher, please contact your local FBI or American embassy, or even if you want to call the Arizona FBI or Scottsdale police, I'm sure they will take your call. But Robert Fisher to this date has not been found. And that is my story.
1: That does sound familiar uh when you got to the end, talking about his dog Blue staying under the car. That part sounded familiar, but I I will have to say this story is probably I consider it a new one for me. And I don't like him at all.
2: I don't like I, him either.
1: I know that's rare. I know, typically, we are on the side of the uh, bad people here.
2: Every but... day. Mm-hmm. Well, we're normally on the side of the cryptids. Yeah. He's not a cryptid. No. Not that we know of. Big Bup. Oh, sorry, he's not hairy enough to be Big Bop. Maybe a skunk ape.
0: <laughs> that one would fit, yeah. Anyways, that's my story. I hope you're as traumatized as I am. I
2: less than like it. I mean, it was a good story. I'll give it that. I don't like Dick Willie Fisher.
0: Maisie doesn't like him either, because, my God, that look she gave me when you said Dick Willie Fisher.
1: (laughs)
2: I think it's just the name she doesn't like. She's like never again. Yeah. In so many different regards. But Anyway, so that's my story. I'm glad you, like,
0: well, like,
2: glad you something. Glad I listened to it.
0: <laughs> glad you listened. I'm not, but, you know. Um, you so to tell me a
1: story? It, I actually am, yes. It only took, like, <laughs> three, four days longer, something like that. Three days longer than what we originally planned. Something um, like that. So, this is one that I have... Never heard of in my life, period, the end. Uh, I got it off the drive because we've done a lot of cryptids lately. And it's been a while since we did a haunting. So I got a haunting
2: for us. Okay. This is the Gore Orphanage. (gasps) Have you heard of it?
0: I started, I had notes on
2: it. But
0: I stopped because I got bored with it. So I I only have like, no, 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 I stopped because I was like, (laughs) I'm over this. Well, then you
1: probably already know a lot of this because there's not a lot on it. There are, there's paranormal investigations that I've seen on YouTube, but none of like the big name taps, uh, ghost adventures, none of, nothing on Discovery Plus that I could find. Right. So the Gore Orphanage, this house or this land, I should say, it's got some history behind it. It's just trauma. Okay. The main house uh, was called the Joseph Smith House, and it was built in 1840. So, yesterday. And <laughs> it was fancy. It had marble columns, elaborate furniture, really ornate woodwork. It The works, okay? And the picture that I have on the drive is actually um, a photo of that house, the Joseph Smith House.
0: Okay, hold on one second, because I'm just going to give you a hard time about this. My name is totally on the Gore Orphanage line. <laughs> oh,
2: Are, you... Are you for <laughs> whole ass I'm serious whole right now? i for whole ass serious. <laughs> I don't care. I
0: literally only read for like five minutes and then got sick of it and changed my story completely.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> well, <Whoa. laughs> I'm glad because I was just scrolling down and I even... Oh, I was on my phone. So maybe when I was, like, dragging over, I looked at a
0: different, uh, yeah. I'm not worried about it. I just wanted to give you a hard time.
1: This is payback for Pascagoula.
0: I didn't know. Neither did I. Okay. Your name wasn't (laughs) on. Your name was not on it. Okay. Well, it's about to be. (laughs) I think it is. I just updated it.
1: At least you didn't do a lot of research on it. I would have felt really bad.
0: No, I was actually thinking about taking my name off.
1: Okay, well, good. So? See, platonic soulmates. Here we are. So let me go on with my boring story. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just was bored with the things I was reading. I love hearing about it, though.
1: Well, that's like I said. That's why, because there's there's no good stuff to watch on it. I know. So Joseph Smith, um, the namesake of this house, he was a farmer, and he originally built the mansion, but he pretty quickly fell into troubled times. Um, in 1831, his five-year-old daughter died. And then in 1841, his 24-year-old son died. And not long after losing his son, he lost his fortune due to poor investments. So he sold the house to a spiritualist named Nicholas Wilbur. Wilbur, he had one specific room in this house. And that was the ritual and seance rooms. And they were performed like on the rig, oh,
0: all the time. Yeah, lots of party house. Like if you Doesn't... have you to do the parents' house to live at, you want to live there.
1: Um. Well, I don't know, Um, <laughs> because <laughs> Nicholas Wilbur' his children were s- rumored to have been mediums that speak with ghosts of children that they summoned in this room.
0: Why are they summoning children?
1: I don't know. I looked and I could not Of all the things to summon. Why did you summon
2: child? a child? I, I don't get it.
1: Someone is that a corn in your
2: drink? It is no. I asked
1: it's if mango. that was corn and you said it is. <laughs> no, I started
0: laughing. Right, sorry. It's, um, mango.
1: Okay. Thank that you. makes
0: more sense. There it you do- go.
1: definitely does. I'm sitting here wondering why you've got a water with strawberries and corn in it. But whatever. You do you, ma'am.
2: <laughs> uh, so anyway. <laughs> you good? I had water in my mouth. You sure it wasn't corn? Or a toe?
0: <laughs> this is not corn toe water, okay? Okay.
1: I know okay, listeners. I know we keep mentioning toes. well, I keep mentioning toes because <laughs> Bryce has ruined me with them. Uh, we're doing this thing where we started recording the before and after of when we do the episodes. So this y'all can have happened
0: with or without the before or after though. So this will be the corn, on yes.
1: The toe, that's a whole different type of <laughs> corn. I was talking about the vegetable, not like when you're Toes rub up against your shoes, and you get like a corn Ooh. from it, or you lose a toenail. That happened with my work boots when I was still animal control. I lost my toenail like three times. Um, but okay, it was twice, but still.
0: The so, point of Amanda's story is that we were talking, I don't even know what we were talking about, but it'll be on Patreon. And yeah, it my will. My comment was, It can be worse. There could have been a toe,
2: <laughs> and Amanda is stuck on it.
0: That.
1: And I lost my toenail. Okay, that's that traumatic. Uh Yeah, check out Patreon for that ridiculous content. Um,
0: I, I know what it was. I figured out what we were talking about. It was your Taco Bell and the Mexican pizza. And you said something about those, a cockroach on it. Those assholes.
1: No, there was not. Okay, to be clear, <laughs> there was not a cockroach on my Mexican pizza. But also... To be clear, there was almost nothing on my Mexican pizza I, because ulcerative colitis. I told James, I was like, make sure you order mine without beans. And they took that as, oh, she doesn't want anything between these
0: shells. So here we are. Um. um so anyways, <laughs> onward to your story now that our listeners know why you keep bringing up toes. And I'm just going to cut this out and let them think you have a foot fetish.
2: I've still got the recording, so. Um
1: seances, kid ghosts. Okay. Also, um, while they lived here, while the Wilburs lived here, at least four of their grandchildren are buried on the property because they all died of diphtheria. And they took this really hard. His wife was said to have still set places and like made them served them food at dinner time so she set places at the table and even filled the plates with food and at night she would take a candle and be like all right kids let's go to bed
2: like she was said to have lost her mind when they lost their four grandkids. Oh wow yeah this place is it gets worse okay um so the home was abandoned in
1: 1901 some people said that they died. Some people said that he sold the house. But from what I read, it was just a ban. In 1902, Reverend Johann Sprunger established an orphanage he called Light of Hope on Gore Road in Vermilion, Ohio. And I'm going to just go ahead and spoil this here. It was not a Light of Hope.
0: The, like uh, That's false advertising.
1: Oh, girl
0: was it? Boy.
1: We're gonna get into it. Okay. <laughs> the orphanage would later become so well known that the street is now known as Gore Orphanage Road. So the road that the orphanage was off of was Gore Road and the orphanage was Light of Hope. But now it's just known as Gore Orphanage Road. We just mix the two. We put them all together. Uh Johann Sprunger and his Wife, sister, either or, and possibly both. Katerina moved to Vermilion after their orphanage in Bern, Indiana. Burned down. Uh, Okay, so we know they were married. um, But according to the diary of somebody that worked at the orphanage with them, there were rumors that Katerina and Johan were siblings and katarina's maiden name was sprunger as well No, so to me i mean i still haven't changed my name to james's last name just because that takes work and i have to drive like 45 minutes to do it so i mean she kind of she took a smart way out here no oh okay so don't marry your brother
2: no Okay. I, that could,
1: that also could be, though, you know, one of those workplace gossips. Yeah. Because it was, I mean, it was in a diary. So we don't know. I might start keeping a diary and just write crazy stuff in it.
0: We should do that.
1: Uh-huh. And then bury <laughs> it, um, bes- like, in the mud beside a lake.
0: Yes, I love it. Okay, starting okay. it today. Okay,
1: cool, 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 cool. <laughs> that is your homework, everybody listening. Write creepy stuff in your diary,
0: Just and talk about then Susan it. down the road, and how yeah. she's got six
1: clowns.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she has chlamydia from six hundred clowns. <laughs> I was gonna say she had a clown collection, like the six hundred trinket. Oh, when you said "cuff" for some reason, <laughs> chlamydia. I blame <laughs> Mean Girls. That's that's where that comes from.
0: <laughs> I just don't, love how it was so quick, like I couldn't
2: even get the word out <laughs> and it was chlamydia. Don't have sex
1: or you will get chlamydia and die. <laughs> oh my god. I told you the story wasn't boring. Oh um, god. Oh god. So I found reports that the Sprungers had two other businesses. Um. That were destroyed by a fire. So maybe unplug your irons.
0: Think about it, nah. possibly. I like to live life on the edge. I just don't own an iron. I don't either.
1: I think we've talked about this.
0: I think so too.
1: Okay. Well, everybody. You we don't have to. Yes. But <laughs> I, I mean, I did play the Sims earlier. I didn't. That was a lie Um <laughs> They also lost both their seven-year-old daughter and their son. He died during childbirth before moving. Um, After the Sprungers were said to have found... After this, I'm sorry. After their children passed. The Sprungers were said to have found, and this is a quote, a
2: passionate obsession for religion. Uh, I don't know if... um. <coughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna tell you, it's not a healthy obsession. Is this like a a kink? No. Is that oh. can you?
1: I don't know I, if I want to ask that. Can you be I kinky for the Lord?
2: <laughs> I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Dad, why are you <laughs> asking me? I don't know. <laughs> a story. It's he didn't a... <laughs> tell me their
0: personal sexual escapades. <laughs> I'm so just because the way a passionate obsession, like in my mind, like passion, like what it's, I, I don't know, it made me think like romantic and then an obsession. Oh, no, yeah. go the opposite. Oh, okay.
1: Go like
0: polar opposite.
1: Um, actually, I'll start telling you. Okay. Okay. So they moved to Ohio. And they buy this property, and it consisted of four buildings, including the Joseph Smith House, and a small yard of 543 acres.
0: No, nothing too big. No. It was a modest yard.
1: A modest, yeah. Like, lower middle class. Yeah. It'll be Reverend Sprunger had this idea to build a self-sustaining religious community. And I put, sounds a little culty.
0: I was about to say sounds like um, a commune.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um,
0: it's, it's the beginning of a con- commune in my mind.
2: Y- you're on to something there. Okay, so it could have been kinky. Thank you. Well, I don't think it... I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he hired devout,
1: Bible-believing Christians to help him run it. Um. So if christians are kinky uh i i'm not sure that's not you said a cult and a lot of cult
0: leaders are perverted
1: oh I'm, to be fair so are a lot of
2: christians and okay like, so maybe uh, it was just a kink okay kinky for the bible <laughs> yes okay i'm sorry i mean okay <laughs> um <laughs> I just so you're just not
0: in my head and i don't think we're on the same wavelength for this one because it's making me laugh my
1: religion just makes me uncomfortable Um, and to add the kink factor
0: into it it just like i'm so well no okay so my because you said whatever passionately obsessed
2: Mm -hmm. makes
0: me think it's got some weird obsession of some sort that goes back to sexual somethings um, and then when you said cult, a lot of the cult leaders do abuse their members, their followers. Yeah. Their followers. And so I'm like, well, okay, so it is his kink. Like that's he, the power. He likes to have that power offset. Ah, okay. There
2: you I see. go. I got you. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: T- you could very possibly be <laughs> onto something here. Um, so the. <sighs> farm orphanage whatever you may call it it held 120 children at a time as inmates is the word that vermilionohio.com used and i left the word inmates because i really wanted to paint a picture and i feel like that does they were said to have taken taken in uh orphans obviously or destitute children so i feel like this is the early 1900s you know Back then, you sneeze too many times, and your family's just like, put them in the orphanage. So,
0: happened to me one too many times in a past life. So, I get it.
1: I probably deserved it, and honestly, I probably deserved it in this life. My parents don't know how they did it.
2: Well, you know what they say, you get one of your own. Yes, I know (laughs) what they say, I promise.
0: Do you have one of your own?
1: I have 1.5 of my own.
0: Yeah, but I heard Jack was a good kid.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he is. I know that was aggressive because we were talking. (laughs) Me and James (laughs) were talking about that the other day where uh, I told him that, you know, like, yeah, when I was little, mama, whenever I would do something wrong, my mom would tell me you just know you're going to give it you're going to get it right back when you have kids you're going to get it tenfold and i was like boy was she right i would have treated them so much better <laughs> as a child if i would have known
2: this and james was like well jack's a good kid so it must be you sir how dare you get his ass kicked he w- right that's what i thought like <laughs> Look, you are I, asleep when I'm
1: awake during the day. You really want to go down
0: this road? <laughs> I will say that was a pretty good comeback for him, though. I'll give him credit there.
1: I was like, I uh, my first thought was, how dare you? And then my second <laughs> thought was, I'm so impressed. I love you so much. <laughs> so they had 120 children at any given time. The boys lived at Hugh's farm.
2: And the girls lived at Howard Farm. They had a chapel in the boys' schoolhouse that they used regularly,
1: capitalized. They used that chapel a lot. And they also had a printing press that they used to print their own school books and a paper that they called the Light of Hope. How much does it... I feel like as a child... Printing your own school books is the equivalent
2: of, like, a prison, a prisoner building their own prison. Yeah. That would, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it gets worse. Um, Kids
1: hated this place so bad, it was common for them to just swim across Vermilion River to escape. Because if they crossed the river, apparently they would be in a different county. I don't know how that works, well, you know, with children uh, being in the system, but I assume at the very least you're away from this house. Once they escaped, they told stories that they were abused and neglected as well as forced into slave labor. If and when they were fed, they were given cow's lungs, hog heads, sick cattle, um, spoiled food, like... It sounded like basically everything that the Sprungers and the Overseers didn't want to eat. Corn was... Damn it, corn. Corn was cooked in the same pot that they and boiled dirty underwear in.
0: Disgusting. Did they use the dirty underwear water to supply uh, the children with
3: drinks?
1: You know, um, I'm not sure, but I
0: do I know. only ask because, you know, my corn water over here
1: is so gross even watching you is just i don't want to see it um
2: it's mangoes
1: it's corn and strawberries (laughs) they were only given (laughs) butter once a week and pepper or sugar
2: every now and then can you imagine not living your life with pepper what type of hell is that light of hope so wait how many ring circles of hell are there again Is it nine? Nine? Or nine. we are. We added ten.
0: I don't remember what the tenth was. One was, but this would be number eleven.
2: Oh,
1: absolutely. Is this, it this
0: bland food? That's all you get to eat.
1: The rooms that the kids stayed in were so infested with rats that they. It was very common for the kids to get bitten in their
2: sleep. Sir. Uh huh. What? The boys had one bathtub
1: that they were allowed to use every two weeks. And they had to
2: share bath water. That poor last kid. That's the, That's what I kept thinking. Like, how
1: do
0: you decide who goes first? You know, the bigger kids went first. I absolutely pushed
2: their way to the front. Mm-hmm. Had to. And it was the tiny, tiny one. Probably the youngest. Which is so disgusting. Um, Okay. The children were beaten raw with straps by
1: Sprunger and the overseers. And they were even rented out to neighboring farmers. Again, I hate the word rent.
0: When talking about a person.
3: A
1: person, yes. So that's where the the slave labor comes in. Mm -hmm. Children were not given regular schooling or medical care. Illness and disease were prayed away.
0: So is this like a pray away the gay type thing too?
1: I mean, probably. It wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't sorry, shock me. not
0: type thing. I should say... Uh, Health. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It would not surprise me because this place just sounds like... Kids are getting bitten by rats in their sleep. They're having to share bath water. And then if you get sick, you go to the reverend and he's just like, Oh, we're going to pray that out of you. Lord help us today. For real. Lord help us. So in 1909, an investigation was launched and the Sprungers admitted to many of the allegations against them. um, but they weren't held accountable because at the time there were no state laws in Ohio about running an orphanage or a similar institution.
2: So they investigated and they were like, hey, are you doing this? And they're like, yeah. And they were like, okay. Cool.
3: Good
2: talk. Thanks. What? Good, good talk. I, that I guess that's it. That's yeah. They couldn't do anything. Reverend Sprunger
1: died 2 years after the investigation but the orphanage didn't close until 1916 due to financial troubles 13 years after it opened.
0: These poor kids for 13 years. Mm-hmm.
1: And I did read too that when it closed they either sent the kids back to their families or they like dispersed them throughout the county and the state to other homes.
2: Um The kids that didn't have a home to go back to for whatever reason, they went with Mrs. Sprunger. Why? Where else are you going to go? So she kept them. I believe they moved back to Indiana is what it said. Oh, what? Mm Mm-hmm. They're abusing them. This feels like Stockholm Syndrome. Mm Mm-hmm. Except they just, they just like, shoo, shoo, go, go. Okay. Uh, so, after all of that, you want to hear about the haunts?
0: No, that's all I want to hear
1: about. Well, too damn bad. So, <laughs> it's this place is said to be one of the most haunted places in Ohio. There are claims of apparitions. Um, full-bodied apparitions. Uh, Reverend Sprunger is said to still roam the grounds, even though he is buried in Indiana. Both him and his yeah, wife.
0: Well, they say a lot of negative energy. Leave its mark.
1: hmm And I actually have a note about that a little further down. Look at you.
0: God, <laughs> oh, I'm real good. <laughs> so it's people like hear on this place or something.
2: Oh, was that a thing? Did you have you heard of it? <laughs> no, not once. This is the first time.
1: <laughs> people hear children's screams and crying. Hate that. Only thing I hate more than that. Uh, people hear ch- children singing nursery
0: rhymes. Nope. Uh Uh-uh. I just imagine like the ring around the rosies.
1: Ring
0: around the rosy. Stop it. I don't need a rendition.
1: (laughs) No. We all fall down. No. I don't like it. People also see bloody children's footprints in the snow in the wintertime. They see balls of light. They see phantom fires. Uh, they smell smoke and hear fire roaring. And they also smell burning flesh. If you go... What, what, wait, wait,
2: wait, Why burning flesh? So, okay. That part was hard to pin down. It did say that the Joseph
1: Smith house, what? That was his name, right? Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: yeah, the Joseph Smith house, it did say that that house burned down. Now... I could not find the records on that. Pretty sure. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they, if kids unfortunately died in that fire. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, based on the way they were treated, it would not surprise me. However, there were reports of a building that burned down and a lot
2: of children died. It was said that, It was an elementary school, and it was
1: two, at least two floors, and the school caught on fire. Some people said that the janitor caught it on fire or lit it on fire. Some people claimed that the janitor found the fire and he was able to escape. Either way, there are are reports of the children trying to get out of the house. And the kids would run downstairs to try to get out the front door, but they couldn't get out the front door. So as the kids were trying to run back upstairs, other kids were running downstairs and just pushing them back into the flames as they tried to run down and escape. Um, so there were reports that this happened and these kids, like multiple children, burned to death while the town, I mean, just watched because they couldn't. Stop it? Question mark for whatever reason. But I also found information that that happened in a town called Collinwood or in an area called Collinwood, which is now East Cleveland. And the website that I was reading said that it was likely that this town, it happened here and that this town was just like, no, that didn't happen here. That happened at that haunted place where all that other trauma happened, just to kind of push it off like it. You know, that never really happened
0: here.
2: So, yeah.
1: that, a lot of places will say that that did happen, and I did see that uh, when I watched YouTube, and a lot of the paranormal investigators, they said that that big fire happened from what I found, that did not happen on this property. It's kind of just blamed, since all this other bad stuff, let's just say that happened there too, to save our town.
2: Yeah. Small
0: sacrifices.
1: That was a horrible (laughs) pun. For a fire involving children, I'm what so that
0: was unintentional.
1: I know, like I don't know if I should. I don't know what to do because I'm kind of proud of you, but at the same time, that is a horrible joke. Uh,
0: it was an unintentional joke. So, oh my god.
1: Okay, moving on. Um, oh God. um It's also reported that if you go and explore the ruins that are still there, because spoiler alert, it's not there, but there are still some ruins from the house. When you leave your car and go explore and come back, your car is covered in tiny children's handprints, which is absolutely disgusting. You can
2: cleaning
0: my car. Don't touch it.
1: Oh no! It was specifically said that they were left in the dust, and it said that it was
2: all around the car, like they were surrounding it.
0: No, done, done. Absolutely not. Nope.
2: I absolutely hate that.
1: So. Imprints are said to be popular here, which you mentioned earlier. And for anybody that doesn't know, an imprint is a traumatic or a violent event. And people believe that these events are so traumatic or violent that they release an energy that clings to either an object or a place. And it causes the event to replay throughout time. And most of the time, these are events that you can can see them, you can hear them, you can feel them, you can smell them. It's basically just... Time repeating itself right in front of your face. There's a bridge nearby and people claim to see children dressed in period clothing on it at night. But as you get closer to them, they just disappear. And people don't approach
0: children in period clothing.
1: Never. (laughs) Don't approach children. Ever. (laughs) Especially my child. Don't approach my child. Don't approach me. Well, I don't like it.
0: Don't approach anyone. Just
1: ever. No. Ever. Use the self-checkouts. Um, text instead of call. This is the 20th century. Get with it.
0: Yeah. Don't even meet your platonic soulmate in person. Only online. Meet him online like I did
1: mine. Look at it. Yeah. We're yeah. doing
0: great. Really We're doing fabulous.
1: So good. Right. Only um if he pulls that crap again with those smart-ass remarks, I might smother him immensely. So. i are the
0: platonic soulmates. Thank you.
1: Oh. I didn't hear that part. I was so mad at my husband for his smart mouth.
2: <laughs> I know you were. That's why I was like, okay.
1: Fine. People also report seeing orphans running through the woods.
2: Um, sometimes they're on fire. Wait, what? Are you still home? Sometimes oh, okay. the orphans that are running through the woods are on fire. Uh, you said that people were also summoning them.
1: Yes, summoning uh, the spirits of children. That was the okay.
2: Wilbur's. What if what if there's like a ley line right there? And it opens up something where um it's like
0: adding all these traumatic events together and all these children's spirits are suffering from something maybe not related to them but to something else along that ley line.
1: uh-huh, I hear what you're saying and I hate it. Okay. About as much as I think I would hate seeing a f- flaming child running through the woods at night.
2: Yeah. I've, I've never
1: just- heard of a report like that before.
0: I would hope not. I,
1: really, I, I meant in research, like, researching haunted places. That has never been one. I really hope that that's somebody lying. I hope, like, because I hate imprints because I hate for somebody to have to live through something that traumatic over and over and over again for the end of time. Until the end of time, basically. Right. So, if that's true and that's real and these reports are real. So, these kids are just... Running around engulfed in flames for all of time. And also, why has no one taught them to
2: stop, drop, and roll? Because the new stop, drop, and roll is not effective. Is it not? What do you Have mean, you not new seen stop the drop and... The
1: new stop, drop, and roll?
2: You haven't seen the stop, drop, and roll TikToks? No. <laughs> what is... Do you not <laughs> just stop, drop, <laughs> and roll? Hold on. Hold on, oh
0: god, you're behind on your TikTok game here.
2: Yeah, I might have
0: ended up on these TikToks though because I now I'm now on a spicy book TikTok.
2: What? Spicy book TikTok? Yeah. What is that? Is that like books with Tabasco
1: (laughs) sauce (laughs) in it? I don't.
0: No, it's like uh, it's like Fifty Grey, Fifty Shades of Grey, like sexy books. Oh, I okay. I got you. Okay. All the new Stop, Drop, and Roll oh. is... That's not,
1: that's not what they mean. Think <laughs> of the children. Never mind. Don't do that and think of children. Please don't do Could that. Could you
0: hear the music playing with it?
1: Stop. Drop.
0: Drop.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah. like that. No. Okay. <laughs> so Old school.
0: Think, yeah. I'm just saying the new school... Is that's what they're going to do. And you're going to want to say not what we meant. But.
1: Yeah. No. Oh, that's even worse. To see a ghost, a flaming ghost <laughs> child,
2: like, body rolling and gyrating. Please. Uh, I gotta, I gotta move on from. Um. Thinking like teenagers would do that, but. uh <sighs>
1: I don't want her to ever grow up. I'm so afraid of what she's going to turn into. So there's also some of the stories that we tend to hear when we're talking about haunted places. And there's two of them. These are my last two little haunts. One of them is that if you park on the side of the road, turn your car off and flick your headlights three times on and off, then you will hear the screams of dying children.
0: Hey, this sounds like some Bloody Mary type shit.
1: Doesn't it? Yeah. Like a uh, crybaby holler.
0: Yeah.
2: There is also one story of, okay. There's a story that I read of this couple and
1: they park their car. They go in, they're checking out the ruins and they're like, all right, cool. This is legit. Whatever. I don't know. And then they come back to the car and as they're getting in, they start hearing like raindrops dripping on the car. You know that sound. Only yeah, it, wasn't. it was blood, isn't it? it? Yeah, it was drops of blood from a child
2: hanging in a tree above the car. the f- Uh-huh. Oh, I don't like it. Well,
1: that's the end of Gore Orphanage. Apparently very much lives up to its not name.
0: Good God.
1: It doesn't what? live up to any, it lives up to the street name. But I don't know whose light of hope this was.
2: But I Here's hated
0: it. God, I hate every moment of it. And mm-hmm. That's probably why I stopped researching. Is I knew subconsciously I would hate every moment of it.
1: That seems about right. Yeah. Because I it. did. I kept reading and then I was like.
0: Uh, what? No. What? No way. No. Yeah.
2: Absolutely not. <laughs> I got like five minutes into reading. And then changed it to uh, something else. Well. Here you go. Thanks for doing it so I didn't have to. Surprise.
0: Surprise. Okay, I hated every moment of this entire episode even though <laughs> they're 50.
2: <50! laughs> woo! Woo, woo, woo! It's filled, wow, of, they filled with toes and burning flesh. Perfect pairing. Yes. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> What's wrong with us today?
1: I'm not sure. I, I haven't know. had dinner yet. And I, I have to make to it. So I had some pistachios and
2: one cookie.
0: You should have door dashed it.
2: I'm going to make James do it.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening to Hell on Hills podcast. To see pictures of this episode, you can follow us on Instagram at Hell on podcast, Twitter at Hell Hills pod, or Facebook by searching Hell on Hills podcast. You can find us on Linktree by typing in Hell on Hills podcast. If you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want us to take uh, our, whoa, if you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for you, you can donate through Patreon where we are working to release specials for our patrons. If, if you have your own true crime or paranormal story, suggestions, or just words of encouragement, please email us at hellonhealspodcasts at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen with you as well. This has been Helen Hill's podcast. Bye. Bye.